Thank you for that, Brother Leland. It's a blessing to have somebody else be able to lead the singing. Um, and that's always uh, greetings from Community Baptist Church. And go ahead and grab your Bibles and uh, turn to the book of Joshua in chapter number 1. book of Joshua in chapter number 1. And I was just thinking about it a little bit before the service. This is the first time I've preached at Open Door since the transition and I moved out there. Which wasn't that long ago, but it's, it's, it's this amount of time, but it feels like this amount of time. But it's, you know, so it's a little bit of that. But uh, thank you for each one who is praying um, for what is going on over there. We, have, um, we haven't seen necessarily any visitors yet from the door knocking and from that. But um, like I mentioned last week, we had one a former member uh, return for a service, and that was a blessing. And um, the people there are excited about what's going on. And we're just looking and praying about what the Lord is going to do there at Community Baptist. I'm trying to make some contacts with the lawyer who worked um, with the building and worked with the church before about uh, the purchase of the building and what we need to do there. And so that is a big prayer request right now. And also that the Lord would just bring some people back to the church. Uh, Brother Robert has been making contact with some people who used to attend the services and saying, hey, you know, we got a new pastor. Things are, uh, we're, tr- tr- we're keeping the church open. It's not closed. You can, you know, go ahead, come back for a service. And he's had some success with that, with people being at least positive about it. So just um, be in prayer about that. But also, we need to see some new people. Some people get saved. Some people come and join the church. And so what we've been doing actually on Sunday mornings there at Community is I'm redoing the notes, obviously, but I'm going through with the church uh, the book of Joshua. And on this title, Moving Forward by Faith, and many of you were, uh, were here in 2016, when we were in the middle of the Union Project, and Pastor had me preaching on Sunday nights, and we went through the book of Joshua then, and so some of it would be familiar ground, and there's going to be some very familiar verses that we're going to cover tonight, but um, this is a new sermon, this is some new notes, and hopefully it's not going to be anything new that we're going to cover tonight, but I hope that it would be in a fresh way, in a way that would encourage us to um, look forward to what God would have us to do today. And so let's start in actually verse number 1, and we'll read through verse number 9, but we're going to be looking mainly at verses 7, 8, and 9 this evening. So Joshua chapter 1, verse number 1, the Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun, saying, Moses... Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, All the land of the Hittites unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, that would be the Mediterranean Sea, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. 
Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you one more time this evening. Lord, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts, that as we open up your word, Lord, that you would challenge us in a fresh way, Lord, that you would, we would understand a little bit more of how we can live for you today and tomorrow. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And uh, the first six verses, what we're not really going to deal with tonight, and we're going to get into a little more of an introduction, but the first six verses, um, jo- uh, Joshua is the new leader of Israel. Moses has died. That's what the passage said. And God came to Joshua as the new leader, though he is, um, has, he's one of the older men in Israel because everybody else has passed off the scene. And he is, he's been installed as the leader. Moses has publicly laid his hands on him, saying that you are the new leader. Um, Israel knows that Joshua is the new leader, and he's there. But God comes to him and says, it's time to move forward now. The command is, arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people. And so the first six verses is talking about this, basically, that Joshua could go forward. That he could and he needed to go forward, but why he needed to go forward and why he could go forward was because the commands that God had given Joshua, Joshua commanded, God was, Joshua was commanded by God, arise and go over this Jordan. And Joshua could follow those commands because God's commands were backed by God's promises. That God had promised Joshua, I will not fail thee. I will not forsake thee. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. So Joshua could move forward because God's commands were backed by God's promises. And so he needed to move forward. He could have courage and boldness moving forward to what God desired for Joshua and the nation of Israel to enjoy. And it's also important to note that the land of Israel, the land that would become the land of Israel, Canaan land at that time, was where God desired Israel to be. They couldn't enjoy the greatest blessings that God had for Israel on this side of the Jordan. Okay? If they, if they were going to enjoy what God wanted them to have, if they were going to be the light to the world and show God to the world the way God wanted them to be, They needed to be able to cross the Jordan. They needed to be able to have the victories that God would give them in the promised land. What God desired for Israel to enjoy was on the other side of the Jordan River. And so Joshua needed to cross. So God commanded Joshua, okay, now's the time. You're the new leader. It's time to move forward. Let's go. This is what needs to happen. You can even have courage. You can even be bold. You can even be excited about moving forward into battles 
Because my promises are there. Because I'm going to be there for you. Do you think Joshua was a little bit excited? Now, we know that there was also some trepidation. Okay, he was going, people were going to be dependent upon him for his command. That he was leading people. If things didn't happen to go right when they crossed Jordan, um, a lot of people were going to die. There, there wasn't going to be um, just, well, you know, everything's going to work out. It was either going to be success or it was going to be failure. And Joshua, as he was looking, as he was commanded by God to move forward, he needed to be courageous, he needed to be bold, he needed to be firm to do that, to get Israel where God wanted them to be. And he may have been a little nervous about it, he may have been excited about it, but what we do know is God had commanded him to move forward. But Joshua, at this point, at the end of verse number 6, he still wasn't completely ready to move forward. Because Joshua needed to know how to move forward for God. God had commanded him to move forward. God had said, you can move forward with boldness because I will be with you. But he needed to know how to move forward. And so tonight we're going to look at this title, The Courage to Do Right. Joshua needed courage to move forward. But he also needed courage to move forward the right way. Because only then would he have, only then would he be successful. Only then would he prosper. If you want, um, Brother Gaddis at Southwest often uses subtitles for his messages. And I, uh, tried to create some subtitles just because I, I enjoy the way he does that. And this is what it does. It gives some other ideas to the sermon. And so the courage to do right or biblical success is measured by your obedience to God's revealed commands. You see, often we think of biblical success as some destination that we finally reach and there's this euphoria, there's this wonderful moment where everything is perfect. The sun is shining just right. It's not too warm. It's not too cold. That everybody's attitude is perfect. Everybody's smiling. There's no mosquitoes. There's no bees. There's no um, weeds. I'm learning about weeds and bees and stuff like that being out on Long Island and not in the city anymore. But we think we arrive and everything, biblical success is this moment where we arrive and everything is perfect. Well, I hate to burst a bubble, but that only happens when we get to heaven. Okay, there will be a time where there's no more sin, where there's no more pain, where there's no more flesh, where there's no more temptation. That's in heaven. And Canaan is not a picture of heaven. Okay, Canaan was here and now there was battles that were fought. There was defeat. There was victories. There was sin. There was death. There was wonderful things, but there was also suffering in the land of Canaan. Canaan is a picture of victory here and now, accomplishing what God has for you, because biblical success is not just a destination. It is a daily journey requiring daily obedience to God's Word. Biblical success means moving forward for God today. And that often takes 
the greatest courage of all. Wanting to move forward is one thing. Joshua wanted to move forward. The nation of Israel wanted to move forward. But knowing how to move towards a proper goal is something else. And see, Joshua needed to be reminded how to move forward successfully. At this point, he was the new leader. God had already said, I'm with you. God had already reminded Joshua, this is where you're going. You're going to the promised land. This is where I want you to go. God had already reminded Joshua, my promises are still the same. They haven't moved. I'm still going to give you this land. This is still my goal for you. I'm still going to be with you. God had already reminded Joshua of his power and his presence. I will not fail you. That has the idea, I'm not going to let you go. My hand is going to be there. It's going to support you. Um, when, when it said, I will not fail thee or forsake thee, it has... God wasn't going to drop Joshua. He wasn't going to let him go, but God was going to be there. Joshua just needed one more thing. He needed to be personally ready and personally able to move forward. If you look through verses 7, 8, and 9, we're not going to take the time to count them all tonight, there is 20 personal pronouns in three verses. If you count the, the, the imperatives where the implied um, noun is you or he, he, God uses the words thou, thy, thine, okay, thee, he uses those words 16 times in four imperatives. What's God saying? 20 times he's talking to Joshua and said, if you're going to move forward, it's got to be You need to be personally ready. This is something personal that Joshua needed to take care of because the nation was only going to go as far as Joshua was going to go. The nation was following Joshua. And if Joshua wasn't ready to move forward, if Joshua didn't know how to move forward, the nation was going to be stuck. Those who were following Joshua would only go as far as Joshua was going to go. And so if Joshua was going to be successful, if the nation was going to be successful, Joshua had to be successful. If, if the nation was going to cross Jordan, Joshua had to be ready to cross Jordan. And so God is coming to Joshua and saying, you personally, this is between you and me. If you are going to move forward, if you are going to be the leader that you need to be, this is how it's going to happen. You see, Joshua not only needed courage to be ready to move forward, he needed even more courage, more boldness, more firmness for what would allow him to move forward. It says in verse number 7, right there at the beginning, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Okay, now look at verse number six. It says, be strong and of a good courage. Verse number seven says, only be thou strong and very courageous. One commentator said this, this is a stronger exhortation, indicating that greater strength of character would be required to obey God's word faithfully and fully than to win military battles. The emphasis in this verses is clearly on a written body of truth. You see, God came to Joshua. If 
to command him how he was going to be able to move forward. He was going to be, need to be strong and courageous in order to keep the commandments that God had already given him. Alright? He needed firmness. He needed boldness to obey God's command. You might think he's getting ready to cross the Jordan River, right? There's battles on the other side. There's going to be victories that need to be won. You might think that God was going to come and give Joshua some secret weapon. Going to give Joshua some um, special military tactics. Or often when we send, get ready to send soldiers or uh, especially special ops people in for a mission, they might spend months rehearsing that mission. They have a mock-ups drawn of where they're going to go. They have mock-ups of the building. You go this way and they practice that and they rehearse that so that when the time of battle comes, they're ready to go. There wasn't any special military plan that God gave Joshua. But it was just important as a military plan. See, God had already given Joshua... Everything that he needed to move forward to succeed. Okay, notice, command. Okay, one second, right there in the middle of verse number 7. Which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Okay, we believe in the inspiration of God that every word is important. That's past tense. Okay, it was because Moses was already dead. But it was what Moses had already commanded him. That Joshua already had everything that God had given Moses and the law of Moses was written out. It was there that Joshua simply needed to take and did diligently observe to do that. Okay, verse number seven, it says that thou mayest observe to do. Verse number eight, the middle of the verse, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Observe. Observe to do. What is, what is God talking about there? Well, that phrase is found 40 times in your Bible. 39 of those times, it is talking about obedience to God's Word. Now, observe to do. The actual word observe there has the idea of a, of a soldier on century. Okay, it is to keep, it is to guard, it is to um, pay attention. Okay, it is a soldier that has been given a trust. He's been there to guard that. He is to pay attention to what he's been given. It is a trust that has been presented to him that he is to watch. The, um, that is his obligation to do. You see how the words work together there? What God is telling Joshua, he had to be as careful about God's word, watching it as a soldier on guard duty, but he wasn't just supposed to be watching it. He wasn't supposed to be just reading it. He was to have that much attention on doing it. Okay? A soldier during, the time, during a time of war, if a soldier deserts his post, if he is placed on duty and he deserts his post even to this day, if he, if he leaves his post during a time of war, he is brought up on charges of treason, a court-martial, and can be executed by military law because he has deserted his post. Jo- God is telling Joshua, 
You need to observe to do all that I have already commanded you. Joshua didn't need anything new. Even though his position and his responsibility was new. He hadn't been the leader of Israel before. He'd just been the general. But God's word was still the same and was still the answer. If you go to a Christian bookstore today, you're going to see books, the keys to the successful Christian life. You're going to see a book, the key to having all your prayers answered. You're going to see a book, the five steps to having, a, to having um, just all the blessings of God poured out on you. There's as if there is some secret that this book has that is going to enable you to just be that super Christian. God's plan for your life is to move forward in a way that will bring glory to his name. And God's plan for your life is not a secret. It's something He has already given us in His Word. A verse that is referenced many times around here. First, Second Peter chapter 1, verse number 3. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. That we do not need any new revelation because the revelation is closed. God has already given us everything that we need. God had already commanded Joshua. Now, there was going to be specific commands that God was going to give Joshua later. Okay? But this is what God is telling Joshua. What Moses already commanded you. What's already been written down. What's already been given to you is what you need to have great courage and resoluteness to simply daily obey what he had already been given. He didn't need anything new. He didn't need some new plan. He was moving forward into a new land. There was new battles facing him. There was new struggles that he didn't, wasn't going to know how to do. But God's Word had already commanded him. God had already laid a pathway out for him. And what God was commanding Joshua, how he could move forward, how he could be ready to cross the Jordan River, was observed to do all that God had already commanded him. And we're going to get to that in just a second. Second, but why was this so important? That God would spend... And his message to Joshua as the new leader, he's giving him his commands and preparing him to move forward. He says, obey what I already have been told. Okay, is that, I've already been told it, so what's the big deal? I mean, I've already been told it. Sure, I'm going to obey what you've already said. No. You see, let's go back through the verses again. It says, um, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. We've dealt with that. 
For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. The only way Joshua could accomplish what God had called him to do, the only way Joshua could have biblical success, was by obeying what God had already commanded him. This is not something crazy. This is not something um, earth-shattering. But the only thing that would allow Joshua to move forward was obedience to God's Word. Now, look at the end of uh, verse number 8 there. For it says, For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Okay? And I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to try to explain this and not geek out on you, basically. But the verbs tenses there are what are called causative verbs. Okay? And it's tra- that's why it's there. It says, For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Who was making his way prosperous? Joshua was. Joshua could make his way prosperous. The causative agent there was Joshua. And he could make his way prosperous, but, okay, it wasn't by his strength. It wasn't by his great intellect. It was by obedience to God's word. Is, see, success would be defined as accomplishing God's plan for his life. As reaching where God desired him to go. Okay? Um, often you can look at these two words. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. And how many people have taken those, that, that idea to mean, well, if I just obey God's word, everything's going to be great. And I'm going to be prosperous. And I'm going to be well-to-do. And I'm going to have everything that I need. Well, these words are almost never used in your Bible as indicators of financial stability or financial success. In fact, they only speak of succeeding in life's proper endeavors. And this happens when people's lives are focused entirely on God and obedience to Him. That the success that God is talking about there was accomplishing what God had called Joshua to do. Another idea that is in the word prosper, that is in the word success, is that of wisdom. And I've been going in in my personal devotions, I'm in the book of Deuteronomy right now, and I just came across the passage, I didn't put it in my notes, um, but there's a passage there in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 8, I believe, where um, uh, Moses is talking to the children of Israel and is saying, you're gonna, if, when you obey God's word, when you obey what God has already commanded you, people are going to be, look at the wisdom of Israel. How are they so wise? How are they so, how do they have so much understanding? It was because they were serving their God. Because they were following God's word. And number, another thing to notice here is that Joshua would find the presence of God in the way that he would went. He would make his way a success and he would find the presence of God in the way of God. Look at the end of verse number 9. It says, For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. The end of verse number 7. 
that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. It's connected. That Joshua prospering was directly connected to the presence of God. That as he had success in the way that God had called him to go, whithersoever he went, he would have God's presence whithersoever he went. Simply, Joshua could make his life a godly success by completely and daily observing what God had already commanded him. It's that simple. That's what God was telling Joshua. You need to move forward. There's a place that I desire you to go. That is my will for you. But there's one way you're going to get there, and that's by today and tomorrow obeying everything that I have already commanded you. I don't, you don't need any new revelation right now. What you need to do is simply be faithful to what I have already commanded you. But see, we're not just here to talk about Joshua. So that's a great study, and we can, we can talk about Joshua and learn some interesting facts about the different verbs and about the different um, understanding of the text, and we can work our way through that. That may be some good commentary, some good lessons, but that isn't why we're here. We're here because God wants you to move forward. We're here because God has a plan. God has a place for you to serve. And God has a desire for your life to, for your life to bring glory to Him. And if you are going to accomplish that for Him, there's going to be some need to move forward. There's going to be, need to be some biblical success in your life to move forward, to reach what God has for you. And the Bible in this passage is clearly teaching that biblical success or accomplishing God's plan for your life, that enjoying God's best is a direct result of the choices that you make in your life. Joshua would make his way a success by the choices that he made. Biblical success, as we've been over this, is something that God defines as accomplishing His will. And there are many blessings and many of life's greatest joys that come as you obey God's will. There's also going to be some great sorrow and some great tribulation. There's going to be some trials that come as you seek to move forward for God. Everything is not going to be perfect. But obedience to God is, will bring the wisdom that you need to your life to make it through those trials. And it's going to take great courage and firmness because be you only, only be thou strong and very courageous to observe to do that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. You can't pick and choose which parts of the Bible you want to obey. It's, it's, it's not that... you. It's because... And he said obey all that is written therein. You can't obey a map part of the way. How many have ever been driving in a car and you had three different people giving you directions before? Because they all had a different back road to take to get to the right place. What happens if you do not follow just one set of directions... Well, since your car can't split in half and go two different directions, it's, you're not going to end up where you want to go. 
Each time you make a decision in your life, you are choosing to obey God's Word or not. And biblical success is daily obedience to God's revealed commands. Okay? Biblical success isn't this great euphoria that you're going to reach someday. This is biblical success. Daily obedience to God's revealed commands. Okay, Brother Andrew, that sounds really simple. But it also sounds a little ambiguous. Okay? Daily obey God's revealed commands. Okay, I got the idea of that. But there's some more to the text that we haven't dealt with yet. And that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time. This is the two requirements that God gave Joshua. This was the two ways that God told Joshua, this is how you're going to make your life a good success. This is how you're going to be obedient to my word. This is how you're going to be able to look back at your life and say, I obeyed God's word. Let's look at the, at the end of verse number 7. It says, okay, according to all the law which Moses commanded thee, observe to do, we dealt with that. Here's what God had to say. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. The first command that God gave Joshua, if he was going to obey God's word, the first way he was going to have to do that was he couldn't depart from God's word. He couldn't deviate from it. He couldn't turn to the right hand or to the left. The idea of there is just to turn just a little bit, just to move the pathway just a little bit. I can't think of a pathway and a course that is set without thinking about a compass. I am not necessarily trained with a compass, but I, en- I enjoy thinking about the outdoors and uh, hunting and looking, uh, looking at a map and putting a compass on that and setting a course. But the thing is, if you set a course with a compass and you're off by just a little bit here, ah, it's not that, you know. So I went to the end of the platform and I was off 10 degrees. I only missed the platform by this side to that side, I mean, it really wasn't that big of a deal. You put that to the end of the block, you put that over a lifetime, you begin to shift things just a little bit, and you are not going to end up where you thought you were going to end up. If you start here, but you're just a few degrees off, you start here and you begin to shift that point of focus just a little bit, you're going to be way off down the road. If anyone has ever done any shooting at long ranges, shooting at short ranges, okay? You, if you're shooting a gun and you flinch, you're going to put the bullet off by, you know, that much at 50 yards. You go to 100 yards, you're going to miss the whole target. You go a little farther... You might not even be shooting in the same direction it would seem like. Why? It shifted. It wasn't where it was pointed anymore. It moved off course. It deviated just a little bit. You see, if Joshua was going to have the biblical success, if he was going to lead Israel forward, he could not depart from God's Word. 
He could not shift it. We do not have a right to alter what God's Word says. We live in a world today that is saying, it's no big deal. Why are you such an old fuddy-duddy? You can, I mean, we got to change just a little bit. The times are changing. That's one of the things that was happening at Community Baptist Church. The things were beginning to change. They were beginning to say, oh, things are not so uh, big a deal anymore. That's one of the things that brought Union Baptist Church to the place that it was. Well, they said, well, these things, you know, we have to change with the times. This is what the greatest scholars say. Instead of simply sticking with what God's Word already said, they begin to depart from it. Uh, not so much at first. But when they got to the end of it, they were nowhere near where they were supposed to be. That can happen in a church, and that can happen in your life. Because biblical success is daily obedience to God's Word. When we begin to depart from God's Word and not obey all of it, say, well, this part's a little too hard to obey, don't be surprised if you're not accomplishing, if you're not seeing what God desires in your life. Our society is changing. Quote unquote Christendom is changing. You don't need you don't need to use the old King James. You don't need to live a life that is holy, that is pure, that would represent God to this world. That's that's for the old times. No. If we're going to accomplish what God has for us, if we are going to be biblically successful as a Christian, as a church, as a family, what it needs to be is we cannot depart from God's Word. we got to guard it like a soldier. It is a trust that has been given us. It's our obligation to guard, to do, so we do not depart from God's Word. But there's another part to it. Verse number 8. A verse many of us would have memorized. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Now, meditation, let's just deal with this real quick, is not the emptying of your mind. Okay? The word, the biblical word meditate means this, to speak, to mutter, to talk to yourself. Okay, the idea there is that Joshua would be so full of God's word that he didn't even have to have it in front of him that day and night as he was walking, he could talk to himself about what he read in his Bible that morning, that he could talk to himself about the lesson that the priest had taught that Sabbath day. I'm not saying, okay, that that what you heard at church is enough in your mind that you can remember it and that is the speech that you're talking about. See, not only could Joshua not depart from God's Word, Joshua couldn't let God's Word depart from him. There's a big difference between just not departing from God's Word and not allowing God's Word to depart from you. I am not. I am on the straight and narrow. I go to a good church. I show up. I carry a King James Bible. I listen to the preaching. I am not departing from God's word. I, I mean, I'm not departing from God's word. Are you allowing God's word to depart from you? He said, "Thou shalt meditate therein, day and night." How much time 
And this is convicting questions for me, justice for you. How much time do you actually spend thinking about the Bible? Not just reading it, but as you go through this life, thinking about what you read. How does that apply to my life? How should I live about that? How much time do you spend mulling over or meditating on the sermon that you just heard preached last Sunday? How, many, how much time have you thought about the sermon you heard Sunday morning since Sunday? Just a thought. When was the last time the subject around your dinner table was the Word of God and how much you were obeying it? How about this? When was the last time you memorized a passage of Scripture? This is probably the most convicting of all. When was the last time you changed something in your life because of the Bible? A behavior. An, an, an action. A thought. A response. When was the last time that the Bible changed something in your life? Because if we're going to reach where God desires us to reach, if we're going to be biblically successful, if God has a plan for our life, God wants us to enjoy His blessings, God wants us to be victorious on this earth, that we can walk and say, God is answering prayer. God is working in my life. God is bringing things to pass, and I can see the joy and the, and the peace and the blessings of God in my life because I am following His Word. Well, you're only going to get there by staying on the course by not departing from God's Word. By not saying, this part really doesn't matter. Oh, uh, I mean, come on, do we have to be so biblical about everything? Or when was the last time that your speech, what you were talking about, was the Word of God? That you were excited about something you read in your Bible that morning? If you want to stay on course, you have to know the course. If you don't want to depart from God's Word, you have to know God's Word. Right? Your instructions, the secret battle plan that God had for Joshua was, hey, you already got it right here. What the, Deuteronomy chapter 10. I just read it this morning. Moses was commanding... Um, I'm actually going to turn there, and we're just going to look at that real quick. Okay? Joshua, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse number 12. Okay? This was when Moses was still alive. He was commanding Israel. Verse number 12, Deuteronomy chapter 10. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and His statutes which I command thee this day for thy good, that their good was in being found in obedience to God's Word. 
God had already... This wasn't the first time that God told Joshua, you need to obey all my word. This isn't the first time you've heard a sermon about, you know what we need to do? We just need to obey what God's word said. We don't need to change it. We need to allow it to change us. We can't, we don't need to uh, deviate from it. We need just to keep putting it in our lives and meditating on it day and night. We've heard sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon on that. But we still need to be reminded of it. Because how often do we begin to say, I want to be successful. I want to see God's blessings. Instead of saying, I want to love God and obey His Word. Because biblical success is daily obedience to God's revealed command. It's not just a destination. It's a journey requiring daily obedience to the Word of God. One time when I was on witness, we were in El Paso, Texas. And we, the pastor there, actually Brother J.J. Lusk, he's a church planner in Maryland now, but he took us hiking up the, the one mountain there that they had all the uh, radio towers on. Now, in Texas, there aren't a lot of mountains, but this was the one mountain in El Paso. And it was, it was pretty high, and they had all the radio towers up on there. And we, were, um, we went in early in the morning, and we were going to hike up to the top of this mountain. And we were getting all psyched out. We were getting all ready for this hike. And we, um, it was, it was a tough hike. It was, it was strenuous. It was, it was, um, it was a grueling hike. It really was. It was hot. It was, it was, there was just this dry heat and a lot of it you were climbing. There was no wind coming. So it was hard to get a a breath of fresh air as we were climbing up. And we'd been told that many of the guys of past groups, Glory bound the year before, only a couple guys had made it to the top. Out of six guys, like three guys had made it. And so, some of us, some of my group actually didn't make it. But we, those who were going to, we were, we're not going to give up. We're going to make it to the end. We're going to reach the top. Three of us did. But as we were making the hike, as we were climbing the mountain... We begin to joke with one another and talk and, and enjoy it. I said, there's so many sermon illustrations as you are, you know, just climbing this mountain. And as we, we reached this one ridge and we just stopped and we finally could enjoy the breeze, the breeze, we finally reached to where the breeze could reach us. And we just stopped for a couple minutes and we're sipping our Gatorades and wiping our sweat and just looking around. It was the first time that we'd actually stopped and looked at where we were hiking. We've been so focused, so concentrated on, I'm going to reach the end. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get to the top of the mountain. That we forgot to enjoy the hike. That we forgot that we were out in God's creation and just looking over and enjoying. And sometimes, this is what Christians can do, We can get so focused on... Now, we need to be focused on the end goal. Absolutely. We need to say, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to move forward. But you know what we can do? We can stop saying, look what God's doing right now as I obey God's Word. Look at the blessings God is doing right now. Because biblical success 
It's not a journey. It's not a destination. It's a journey today. You know what? I'm going to obey God's word today. And I'm going to enjoy what God is doing in my life today. And I'm going to obey God's word. I'm not going to depart from it. I'm going to stay on the path. I'm going to keep God's word. I'm going to meditate on it. It's going to be a part of my life. It's going to be what I talk about. It's going to be what I think about. It's going to be what I read. It's going to be what I um, discuss with other people. It's going to be um, showing up in my actions. But it's today. I can enjoy God today. In His word today. And when you do that, you say, wait a second, look what God is doing. Some of us can say, look what, look what God is doing today. Sometimes at Community Baptist Church, and I'm going to close here quickly, you can look at, well, we haven't had any visitors yet. And we haven't had any, and you can get, like, what is, no, wait a second. You know what? God has provided a place for me to live. God has provided a vehicle for me so I can drive back and forth. And it is, it is, it's, God has kept on the road and kept me safe driving back and forth. That we have tracks that I'm able to go out and knock on doors. There's still um, people that I've been able to talk to. And that I can obey God's word today. And I can say, God, I'm, going to be su- I'm successful. I can make my way successful today by saying, I'm not going to depart from God's word. I'm not going to change because if I change here, where am I going to be down the road? But I stay on the path here. And I'm going to keep God's word in my life. I'm not going to depart from God's word. And I'm not going to allow God's word to depart from me. Because when I do that, I will make my way a success by God's standards, not mine. You are are successful in God's eyes when you are completely obedient to to His Word today. Have you departed from God's Word? Or are you allowing God's Word to depart from you? There's two, there's two different things there. Do we need to do business with the Lord tonight? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we-